We believe. Hallelujah. We believe. Everything that Christ has done for us, the finished works, we believe. That is the key, is to believe. Hallelujah. We believe. All right. Praise God. Come on. We're going to sing this song, Believe. Come on, let's keep those hands together. Come on. Get us waking up this morning. Come on. Here we go. Jehovah, you, I trust in you. Oh, Lord, Jehovah, you, I trust in you. I believe. I believe. I believe you. I trust. Goodbye to my trouble. Bye bye. 
Goodbye to my sorrow. Goodbye to my heartache. Say goodbye, goodbye. Say goodbye, fear. You ain't welcome here. Say goodbye, fear. You ain't welcome here. So long. Goodbye again, so long, bye-bye. Are y'all ready? Come on, let me hear you. Come on. So long, bye-bye. Wave them goodbye, y'all. So long, bye-bye. Goodbye to my pain. Goodbye to my pain and my sorrow. So long. So long, bye-bye. Oh, so long, bye-bye. So long, bye-bye. You're not welcome here. Come on. So long. to my pain now, goodbye to my trouble, say goodbye, goodbye, say goodbye, goodbye, say goodbye fear, you're not welcome here, say goodbye fear, say you're welcome here, so long, yeah, so long, I can't hear you say, I can't hear you say, I can't hear you say, I can That's all it takes. That's our work that we have to do, and that is to believe. Hallelujah. Our God reigns. Hallelujah. That's why we can believe, because he reigns for us, through us, and with us. Hallelujah. Here we go. Listen. Sing it, y'all. Come on. Hey. 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 Ah, yeah. Come on. Mm, mm, mm. Hey. 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 Listen. Our God is great and glorious. We put our trust in your name, Jesus. Able to save and deliver us. We put our hope in your name, Jesus. Blessings. Blessings and honor, glory and power. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We know that when we speak the name of Jesus, all things are possible. The atmosphere is changing. Nothing stays the same. Heaven is moving. Now the mention of the name, the spirit is moving, burning like a flame. Healing is broken by the one we proclaim. Raise it up, fill the sky. Chains will fall, mountains Thank you, God. Yes. Strongholds are broken. 
Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's just bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Glory to your holy name. That wonderful name, that marvelous name, that powerful name. It's only the name of Jesus that can heal. Only in the name of Jesus that can save. Only the name of Jesus that can bring deliverance. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, the matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your name. Thank you, Lord, for your name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just worship him, worship him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you for your name. Hallelujah to your holy name. Worthy is the name of our Lord. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whew. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, wow. I have to try to compose myself right now because when I think about the Lord Jesus, when I think about the lamb that was slain for us, when I think about our Savior, Jesus Christ, I can't help it but just give him praise. There is none like him, none compared to him, none before him and none after him. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. That was an awesome worship. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm trying, I'm trying to transition into my word of encouragement, but it's hard. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, 1 John chapter 4, 16 talks about that we know and believe the love that God has for us. Hallelujah. It says we know and believe. You know, it's one thing for you to know the love that God has for you, but it's another thing for you to believe. You know, there are a lot of us that are very cognizant of the love. We're like, yeah, yeah, God loves us. Yes, John 3, 16, for God loves the Lord. You know, for God so loved the world. But do you believe in God's love? If you believe in God's, word, in God's love, it should change your composure. It should change the way you talk. It will change the way you walk. It will change the way you believe things. It should change your perspective in life. That whenever any trial or challenges come your way, you know that God loves you. God loves me. I know God loves me. So this bill is going to be paid. I know that God loves me. So I know the manifestation of my healing is going to come. I know that God loves me. So I know that my children are going to act right. I know that God loves me. Therefore, I know that my future is bright. You got to know that God loves you. You have to have a conviction beyond any shadow of doubt. You have to believe that God loves you. Whatever it is you're going through today, believe in God's love for you. For he so loved you that he gave up himself for you. This is the love. You know, we all know John 3.16. Do you know 1 John 3.16? It talks about that we perceive the love of God, that he laid down his life for us. You have to believe God's love for you today. Believe in God's love. Have a conviction, a strong conviction of God's love for you. Praise God. Hallelujah to the holy name. Praise the Lord. Right now, if, you, if we have any first-time visitors, just wave your hands and let's just recognize you, acknowledge you, and give hallelujah. Somebody show our beloved, our beloved sister some love. 
We love you. Welcome to Word Changes Church Houston. And on behalf of our pastors, Pastor Archie and Melissa, it's my pleasure to tell you welcome to Word Changes Church. Praise God. Now we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock so that some, just greet your neighbor, give them a high five or a hug and tell them how much God loves them. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God. Yeah, we know how to show love right now. We really do know how to show love in World Changes Church. You can do this after service, by the way. <laughs> praise God. <laughs> well, let's just quickly dive into our announcements. Creflo Dollar Global Mission, we request kindly that you consider providing food boxes, um, baby items, cleaning supplies for our community outreach we usually have, like bi-weekly. And we're also collecting donations by the way, today is our last day for you to donate for our upcoming Thanksgiving event, which is scheduled for November the 16th. We please encourage you that you can please give, a, um, give into this Thanksgiving feeding families um, coming up November the 16th. And we also have our Christmas toy drive also coming up. You can contribute to both events if you if you let to. Um, please mark your offering. If you're contributing to our outreach, mark your offering, CDGM Outreach. Um, to our bi-weekly outreach, and then to the holiday event, to the Thanksgiving and the Christmas event, mark your offering, CDGM Holiday Outreach. Praise God. Our annual Christmas decoration project. Woo! Praise God. So, um, per Pastor Melissa, the previous date has changed from November 9th to November 23rd. So please mark your calendar for the decorating project for our Christmas decoration is now November 23rd. You're invited to help decorate our beautiful campus. We will begin at 9 a.m. and form teams to cover the entire zone. We have different zones and lunch will be served at noon and we plan to end no later than 2 p.m. So if you're interested in helping out, please sign up at the communication desk for that. War Changes Church Houston Finance Class is scheduled to begin on Sunday, November 17th at 8 a.m. Classes will cover debt management, debt elimina elimination, budgeting, understanding your credit report, and more. And the cost to attend this finance class is $10 actually is for the book. If you're interested, please sign up at the communication desk. In our finance department, we seek volunteers to help serve this important role. Candidate must be a War Changes Church Houston member for at least one year. You have a strong basic math skill and you're detail-oriented. So if you're interested in serving at the finance department, please sign up also at the communication desk. War Changes Church South. 
World Changes Church South, we cordially invite you to experience live anointing preaching every Thursday at South Location in Pearland. You can invite families, friends, your colleagues at work, and the doors open at 6 p.m. and corporate prayer starts at 6.30 and service begins at 7. If you need further information about this, again, you can stop by the communication desk. Lastly, we have our Saturday corporate prayer. We have expanded corporate prayer. Actually, we should actually... Yes, corporate prayer on Saturday. We have expanded corporate prayer to include Saturdays in the main sanctuary from 8 to 9 a.m. right here. It is open to the public, and we encourage everyone to come and spend an hour declaring God's promises over your lives. We give thanks to, um, we will give thanks by appropriating our faith, declaring the victory, and rejoicing in Christ, what has already been provided to us by grace. Praise God. So let's welcome our pastor. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, we're going to have another song from our praise and worship. We're going to just quickly um, pray right now before the message comes in. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, O oh God, for your unadulterated word that is going to be ministered through your servant, Pastor Archie. We thank you, O oh Lord, that your word is going to come forth with boldness, with power. And we thank you that this grace we're going to hear today, O oh God, is going to change our heart, change our mind. And our mind will be renewed, O oh God, as Christ is. We're going to thank you, O oh Lord, that we are going to put on Christ as we hear this message. And it will be sown on good ground for us to receive our 30, 60, and 100-fold. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. If you need communion elements, go ahead and raise your hands. The ushers will be more than happy to serve you with them. The Bible talks about us having a time of communion and doing this in remembrance. He said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And we just remind ourselves of the finished works of Jesus, amen? Uh, what he's already completed, what he's already accomplished. This body and this blood represented here, and this bread and this cup represent just that. Uh, the bread representing healing, wholeness, completeness, and the juice representing his blood that has redeemed us, that has cleansed us, and because of it, we are the righteousness of God. Amen. Uh, say that with me. Say, I am healed, whole, and I am the righteousness of God. Because of his body and because of his blood. In Jesus' name, you may eat and you may drink. Father God, we thank you for Jesus, for his healing power, for his delivering power. We thank you that we are the righteousness of you because of him. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for the results of that victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God one more hand clap of praise. Would you bow your heads with me uh, just for a quick word of prayer over our uh, word for today? Holy Spirit, you're welcome into this place. 
move up and down every aisle, in and out every row, touch, heal, deliver, set free, make whole. We thank you that it is you today doing the ministry, you doing the teaching, the preaching, you doing the thinking and the speaking. We thank you that revelation knowledge flows freely on today. We thank you that this revelation knowledge is unhindered by any satanic or demonic force. And we will be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for the results that come from it. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you go ahead and look to the person nearest to you, tell them, get ready for an exciting time in God. <laughs> Amen. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 3, verse 20. We're continuing on talking about right living and right ruling. And I forgot what part we're on. I think it's part 20-something. And uh, we've been talking specifically about how right living begins with possessing the power to change. How many of you guys know that uh, grace gives us power to change? Uh, because of grace, we don't have to stay the same. And that just doesn't mean uh, in just our minds, but even in our bodies. Grace has given you the power to be healed. Did you know that? Grace has given you the power to be whole. And it's important that we understand where this power for change comes from and how to appropriate what grace has made available in our lives. Amen? Uh, Romans 3.20, we'll go through it just a little recap. Um, it says, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the, what is that word? What the law commands, the law simply shows us how sinful we are. So quick little quiz. Can I be made right with God by performing or doing the 613 commandments within the law? How come? <laughs> Somebody said, because we can't. Uh, <laughs> where, how do you know that? Now, make, now remember, no hard questions up in here. We want you to get understanding. So make it simple on yourself. How do you know you can't be made right by the law? Somebody said, because I tried it. Uh, <laughs> because what? Thank you. Because it says it in the word. Not because I said it. Not because you think it. But everything that we believe must be founded in the word of God. That's kind of how the church has gotten itself in trouble. We've interpreted so many things that we're not letting the word just interpret itself. It says right here, for no one. Who does that leave? Yeah, that, that means everybody. No one's left out. No one can ever. Look at that time word. Ever, never, ever can anyone. I don't care who you are. I don't care when it is. No one can be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Now, nowhere in there does it, does it belittle the law. It doesn't put the law down. It just says the law has no transformative power to make you right with God. See, what people do is they read this, and then they say, oh, it's saying the law is bad. It didn't say the law was bad, did it? It just says the law can't change you. The law only shows you the problem of sin in your life. 
And if you understand the Bible, you understand the purpose of the law is not to change us. The purpose of the law is to show us that we need Jesus. Because we all want to be right with God. But the law is not the answer to be made right with God. It is what's to show you that you're wrong. But what people have done is they've looked at the law and said, if I can do this, then I'll be right. But that wasn't what it was created for. It said, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Let's look at this one real quick in the Amplified. Go to the Amplified, guys. What do we want you to get understanding this, and then we'll keep moving on in our recap. So the law cannot change me. According to scripture, it says, for no person will be justified, what does justified mean? Made righteous, acquitted, or judged as acceptable. How many guys want to be accepted and acceptable to God? How many guys want to be acquitted? What does it mean to be acquitted? Yeah, to be found not guilty, to be released from those charges. What charges? The charges of sin, the penalty that we all deserve because of the fallen state of man. Made righteous or made right with God. No person will ever be made, will ever be justified in God's sight, who is his sight, by observing the works prescribed by the law. The law is giving a prescription of behavior, but even if you try to follow that prescription to the T, it's not going to change how God sees you. Doing the law does not change how God sees you. Trying to perform the law does not change how God sees you. Trying to live out the law perfectly does not change how God sees you. You trying to be good does not change how God sees you. I need you to get this. You trying to live perfect, you think God's looking at you different now because you did everything right in your mind. He, he still sees you the same way he saw you if you're not saved. It is only the blood of Jesus and believing in what he did that changes how God sees man. It is only by his performance and believing in that performance that God sees you any different. Now, here's some good news. If that's true, then the opposite's true as well. If my behavior in trying to perform the law doesn't change how God sees me, then my incorrect behavior for those who are saved and under grace also does not change how God sees me. Once God sees you as his child under grace, believing in Jesus, your behavior doesn't change how he sees you in the opposite direction either. Thank God. Let's keep going. Uh, let me just show you one more scripture in, in, under this uh, point, and then we'll move to the next one. Galatians 3.11. Oh, did I finish 20? Okay, let's uh, finish that up. Thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> keep going on that one. Uh, 20. We got the rest of 20? Okay. For the real function, yes, for the real function of the law is to do what? Make men recognize. It's to make men recognize. 
It's to make us recognize what? And be conscious of what? The law just shows you sin. Not mere perception. Keep going. But an acquaintance. The law makes you an acquaintance with sin, which works towards repentance. Do you see that? The law doesn't change you. It pushes you towards changing your heart. But it does not change your heart. It's an acquaintance with sin which works towards repentance, work towards faith, and work towards holy character. The law shows me what's wrong with me and says, now believe, have faith in Jesus. Holy character only comes by listening to the Holy Spirit. And repentance is a change of heart and mind to move in the opposite direction from what you were moving. So the law is a catalyst towards change, but it is not what changes you. Are you listening to me? All right, let's go to Galatians chapter 311, and we'll, we'll go back to the NLT version. Now, it's important. You say, why are you taking so much time on, on that point? Because many of us have uh, looked at the law as the answer. Because the law gives a lot of people structure. It gives them something tangible to believe in and say, if I do this, then I can expect this. But anytime you have a, if I perform, then I get, that's operating in a way that is not going to transform you. That is operating in a way that's putting you in a position that you can fix your own problems. I mean, think about it. A lot of the church today has been built off of that system. I mean, surely, you know, if you come down here right now, in the name of Jesus, and so $10,000 into this ministry, glory to God, you can expect a hundredfold return right now, and 10,000 times 100 is how much? Come on, somebody, how much? You don't even know it because you can't believe it. Come on now, how much? I think it's 100,000, but, 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 and so when you walk out of here, within 24 hours, I declare and decree that that money's going to be in your account. Now, if I can hoop it and I can get Rachel and Michelle up here on the, on the organ to play it just right and Tyrone to hit them drums just right and we get to shouting and screaming, some of y'all going to believe it. <laughs> and you're going to be writing $10,000 checks that you ain't even got. It's a faith check in Jesus' name. Because what are we doing? We're saying if you perform then you can expect. And your expectation has to be absent of what you can see if you want to call it faith. I have to believe in the performance of Jesus and in him only and know that I am blessed. Now, if I give $10,000, it is going to be out of obedience to what the Holy Spirit tells me to do, not based on what I am trying to manipulate to get done. You cannot manipulate God's blessing. It is a gift. It is yours. You are financially secure not because of what you did You're financially or do. You're financially secure because of what he did. You are financially secure because God loves you. 
And as you believe in his love, you will obey his voice. Somebody says, well, where is my money? When you begin to obey his voice, you will practically walk out his instructions, and as a result, you will begin to see the blessing come in your life. I've got to make this really practical for you. There's a spiritual truth that God loves you. There's a spiritual truth that he's already blessed you, but in order for you to see it in the natural, you have to obey his voice. Amen? Last I checked, he not sending a dog. He could if he wanted to, but he not sending a dog with a bag of money to drop it off on your porch. Amen? It is in obedience to his voice that we do discover the manifested blessings in a lot of ways. And some things are miraculous, don't get me wrong. But on a normal basis, when you look in the word, as people obeyed his voice, and then what happened? They ran right into the blessing. Look at the Old Testament. A bunch of flawed people was messing up left and right. And all they had was a relationship with God, a promise from God, and they obeyed it. And when they obeyed it, good stuff happened. But it wasn't because they were perfect in how they acted. Think about Abraham and Sarah, or Abram and Sarai before the promise kicked into effect. They were, li he would, they were lying, <laughs> tricking folk. They were doing all types of stuff that was wrong. Uh, he, what did he do? He slept with his maid. I mean, it was all types of sinful things that they did, yet God still what? Blessed them. You, that, that, that was grace in action right there. But yet we think because we make a mistake, all of a sudden God wants nothing to do with us. No, you may make a mistake, but God still loves you. Don't fall into the trap and the trick of the enemy to try to get you to perform or trust in your performance and not in the voice of God. See, we're on, a, we're, on a, we're on a specific line right now in our church where we're getting and leading you to now how to trust his voice. That's where we're headed. We, we, we understand, we're understanding grace for the most part. You're starting to believe me and who God says you are, that you're not at the feet, but you're seated with Jesus. And, and, and now it's to the point of, okay, that's all great. I, I know who I am now, but how do I see the manifested blessing in my life? How do I change from being broke to being wealthy and healthy? How do I hearing his voice and doing it. I'll say that, Holy Spirit. He'll tell you to put the whopper down. New chicken sandwiches just came back out at Popeye's. I ain't gonna lie, I tried one yesterday. I did, first time. It's okay once or twice, but he'll tell you. At the church, you had one yesterday, Archie. Put it down. Little stomach gonna be poking out again even more. Now, if I don't obey his voice, I can't then call heart disease a result of me not being blessed. Oh, I'm blessed, but I, but I believed in Popeye's more than I believed in Jesus. So practically, it's not that we're not blessed. Sometimes it's the disobedience to his voice. You are a free moral agent able to choose what to do. God say, wake up, work out. You sit there and you pray in the Holy Ghost. That ain't what he said to do. 
He said, go take a walk. <laughs> God tell you to, to, to put that money up and invest in this or to, you know, to do that. He tells you to do this on your job or that on your job because he knows it's going to lead to promotion and increase. Are, are we obeying his voice in all these small ways? Or are we trusting in religious works that we've been taught incorrectly in church? It says, so it is clear, no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law, by trying to perform. For the scriptures say, keep going, it is through what? Faith that a righteous person has life. Hebrews 11 1 says, um, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now check this out. The evidence of things seen, not seen. If I can see it, it don't require faith. If I can see it, it doesn't require faith. It didn't require faith for you to sit in that chair. You looked around, saw a bunch of other people sit in it. You saw the chair. And guess what? You sat down. Now come sit down right here <laughs> where there is no physical seat that you can see. Now that's faith. You see the difference. And, and, and we, we've been maybe calling something faith that ain't really faith. When God tells you to do something, and you don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to work out. Do you obey? Can I, can I just do what he says? Can I just follow his voice? Can I just believe him when he says, I am healed, I am whole, even though I don't see it in the natural? Can I believe him when he says, I am wealthy and prosperous, even though I don't see it in the natural? Uh, can I believe him when he says, my marriage is successful, he promises me my children are taught of him and great will be their peace. When he promises me these things and I don't see them, can I behave as if it's already done? Not, thank you, Holy Spirit, not having to add anything from me to it in order for me to believe it. When I have to add anything from me to a word from God in order for me to respond to that word, that's not faith. What does that look like? When God says you are blessed and you says, yes, when I sow this, I'll be blessed. That's not what he said. He said you're blessed, period. Now, sowing is still of God. I still believe in giving and sowing and tithing and offering, but it is a result of what he tells me to do. It is not the cause of blessing in my life. The only cause of blessing in your life is the goodness of God and the blood of Jesus. Amen. Let me say it this way. The only cause of you being blessed in your life is because God loves you and because Jesus shed his blood for you, thereby giving you access to what grace made available. Let that be enough. And then your right behavior comes out of appreciation, or as the Bible calls it, thanksgiving to that love and that blood. Are you, are you seeing what I'm saying? Let's, let's go to Romans chapter 7, verse 6. So can the law change me? Okay. Can you change you? Okay. But now we have been released. Somebody say released. released. 
If you've been released, you are no longer affected by, bound by, you're not even in the same proximity of a thing anymore. I cannot be released from the law, yet I'm still in the law. But now we have been released from the law for we die to it and are no longer captive to its power. And guess what? Because of that, now we can serve God. That's a pretty powerful statement that if you are still bound by the law, if you are still in proximity of the law, if you are still trying to operate by the law, you can't serve God. Only free people can serve God. Only free people, only grace folks can serve God. Let's keep going. Not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way, in the new way, serving God in the new way, which is living by the Spirit. Because you can misread that if you're not careful and say, oh, well, it's just saying there we're not supposed to obey the letter of the law, meaning uh, we're not supposed to do what God says. No, no, no. The old way of doing what God said was the law because that's what he said. For, at least for the children of Israel. It was do the law, then you were obeying God. But now there's a new way of doing what God says, and that's living in the spirit. What spirit? What spirit? Because we ain't talking about just any spirit. <laughs> Who am I supposed to be living in? The Holy Spirit. Who is God? The Holy Spirit is the voice of God. And if I'm going to obey him now, opposed to how we used to, now I have to live in the spirit. Please tell me what other way the word says we as believers are supposed to obey God. Because I, I heard people make up all types of ways. And last I checked, it was either obeying the law, which we're no longer bound by, or following the Holy Spirit. It's either obeying the law or following the Holy Spirit. So if I am a Christian, now I am supposed to be obeying God by following the Holy Spirit or living, as it says, in the Spirit. And I'm living in him and therefore I follow his voice. So there is no other way to obey God for a grace-based believer other than obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. So the question you want to be asking yourself right now is, can I hear him? Can I hear him? Because if I can't hear him, I can't obey him. And now you just discovered why the enemy has worked overtime to present counterfeit truths in your life. Because he wants to keep you distracted and deceived from the very voice that will lead you to the manifestation of grace in your life. He's writing this thing as I'm saying it. Let me, let me help you understand that some of those distractions and deceptions sometimes don't start with the enemy, but they start with you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the enemy don't have to do a whole lot. Because, and, I, and I'm talking about today's Christians, so follow me on this, and I'm not saying this to condemn you. If it fits, you know, do what you need to do. 
<laughs> but sometimes we get in the way because we, especially nowadays with the Word of Faith movement that has taken place and now this grace-based movement that appears to be taking place and before that it was love and, and we've had a lot of fantastic teachers who have divided the Word and broke stuff down and still are doing it to this day and we know so much more now. So much more has been revealed to us that some of us, though, still take all the, we, you got all the tapes, you got all the videos, you got all the revelation that has been happening up to this point, and then you keep putting you in there, though. And then the moment God sends you to something to be a part of, you and all that revelation mixed together get in there, and then you get off. And what God is saying is, no, the same way you were before when you didn't know nothing is the same attitude you have to have now. You have to come um, humble. You have to come submitted. You have to come ready to receive and ready to learn. Because there's new and higher places that he wants to take you to, but you know too much. I don't know who that's for, but I say amen. We know too much. Can, can I receive from that person? Can I receive from that place? I've already heard that before. I already know this. I'm tired of that. Last I checked, we're all still growing. And if I'm growing, I'm changing. If I ain't changing, then I ain't growing. If I ain't growing, I ain't changing. I've been saying say for 40 years. 40, somebody say 40. 40. I've been a part of some amazing churches. Most of them, mega churches with pastors teaching the word at a whole nother level. And I'm still amazed at the revelation that God lays out in front of me in my prayer time, in my study time, in my time of hearing Dr. Dollar and Kenneth Copeland and others like them. I, it's still being revealed to me every day. I, I went to the Bible College or Roberts University. I, this is the fourth church I've worked at, and I've worked with people and da-da-da. All that don't mean nothing when it comes to growing and changing in his word. All of that means nothing when it comes to being submitted and humble so that God can continue to change you from the inside out. Yeah. It's time that we realize that while we may know something, we definitely don't know everything, and God wants to change us and take us to a whole nother level. This is all working, guys, towards us becoming the full manifestation of his sons and daughters so that when the world sees us, they see Jesus. And in order for that to happen, me, I, got to be out the way. It can no longer be about what I know. It doesn't matter. That's what I walk around telling people all the time, this is what I did, and this is what I know. That I, I don't want y'all knowing all that. Because some of y'all ain't mature enough to know all of that. Because then what you're going to start doing is comparing stuff. Or then some of you might, oh, he, he don't bend somewhere. He do some stuff. He do, oh, I need to, I need to, no, stand up. You could be worshiping no man or no woman. No matter what we've done or what we got, but it has nothing to do with nothing. We're supposed to be focused on him. Archie, where are you getting this from? I, I don't know about that. And it, look at Jesus. How many times when he ministered to folks, what did he tell people when he was done? Don't go tell nobody who did this. 
Now, most of the time they went and <laughs> did the opposite. But one of the points I've taken away from that is, man, look at the humility in the Son of God. But then the people of God, we come to church and we, we looking for a raise in status. That's the wrong change. That's the wrong change. So it says, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of obeying the Spirit. So this is talking about us obeying the Spirit. So the law can't change me. I can't change me. I can only believe in the one who changes me. I can't change me. I can't heal me. I can't save me. I can't make me prosperous. None of that happens without him. Somebody says, well, what am I supposed to do? Uh, go to John chapter 6, verse 29. We've read this before, but this is the work that you're supposed to do. John 6, 29. Mm -hmm. Jesus told them, they asked him, they said, well, Jesus, what are we supposed to do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Somebody say that with me. This is the only work. God wants from me. Believe in the one he has sent. That's it. That's it. Now, once I believe, then I follow. So when I believe in Jesus, when the Holy Spirit instructs me, I will then do what he says. But all that starts with, do I believe He's the one. He was standing in front of a bunch of people that didn't even believe he was the Messiah. So he's standing there and he's like, they're like, well, what are we supposed to do? The law has told us we're supposed to do this stuff and do this stuff and do this stuff. He's saying, you need to rest from all of that. Your job is no longer to work. Your job is to believe. And that was hard for a lot of people. You got to think about that. They had spent a ton of time, their whole culture, for the, for the Jewish folks, the whole culture was based off of doing this stuff. And here comes this guy that says, I'm God in the flesh. I'm the one you've been waiting on. I'm the Messiah. No longer are you to do. That was radical. He was saying, but now what your job is to believe in me because I've done everything that you're trying to do and I've done it for you. So if you believe in my work and in who I am, then all the cert certifications, the, the qualifications and all of that that I've earned for myself is now going to be given to you. But if you don't believe in who I am and what I've done, this can't benefit you. It's like this. Imagine, what's the, hi uh, the highest credit score you can have is what, eight? Uh, what is it? Anybody? The highest credit score you can have. 850, 850 that's right. 850. I'm, I'm still working to get there. 850. <laughs> so imagine if I got, if I earned an 850 credit score. I did all the work that was needed to be done. I got an 850 credit score and I got $10 billion in the bank. I did all the work. But then what I do is then transfer that same score to each and every one of you guys. And all the money. Everybody gets it. Hallelujah. <laughs> now see, 
the Pharisees and the Sadducees and some of the Israelites, they were like some of y'all right now. One person say hallelujah, one person receive it and believe it, everybody else becomes skeptical. I don't know if I believe him. I don't know if I believe he really did that. I don't know if I believe he would do that. I don't know if I believe he can do that. And if he did do it, how is he going to apply it to me? And that's what he was saying. There's no more work for you. You don't have to earn the score. I earned it. You don't have to earn the cash. I've earned it. And I love you so much, I'm giving it to you. But then the smart people come along and say, well, wait a minute. I thought you said you only had 10 billion. How are you multiplying that 10 billion amongst everybody else? Because there's 100 people in the room, so 10, how can she have 10 billion if he got 10 billion too? How are you giving 10 billion to everybody? So they begin to question the supernatural at that point. How's this going to work? How is salvation going to be applied to everybody? How are you going to make everybody right? I don't see how that can work. Well, faith is not based on what you see. It's based on what you know he did. If he said it, it's done. But people, just like in the natural, people will have a hard time understanding, how's that going to work? That's what they were going through back then. So how's this going? We've been spending all this time, the way the system has been set up is the only way you can be made right is by these certain things you got to do with these sacrifices and all that stuff. And, da, 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 da. and here comes this guy saying, that whole system, uh, I've completed it. Now you're good to go with God. And he said, the only work for you is to believe in the one he sent, and he's talking about himself, who I am, and what I'm about to do on this cross. Are you ready to quit your job? Now, I ain't talking about your natural job. <laughs> Some of you guys, <laughs> yes. All right, hey, there may be something between you and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I ain't messing with that. <laughs> Walk out of here. He said, quit my job. <laughs> Are you ready to quit your job of performance? Are you ready to quit your job of trying to earn what Jesus has already earned? Some of you have self-employed in the kingdom of God. You've, you've signed yourself up for your manifestation of blessing. Uh, you've signed yourself up for your healing. You've signed yourself up to earn your prosperity. You've signed yourself up to earn your deliverance. And you're working real hard like a sinner. But the saints, the saved folk, we already understand that I don't have to work for that. I'm quitting my job today. Today I'm quitting my job because I, can now, I cannot outperform the one who worked this job before me. He did a complete work. There is no more work left to be done. You trying to pick up boxes that ain't there. It's finished. I mean, that's what we say, right? We say all is well, right? So how is all well and you still trying to pick up something that, that ain't well? Either all is done or all ain't done. When you, when you wake up tomorrow and they say this and you say all is well, then it means everything. It's complete. It's done. It's finished. There is no more work left for you. The only work for you is to believe. Believe what? That the job is done.
that the job is done. Because before you can get to change, you have to believe in the one who did the change. And this is where many people are getting stuck. We're skipping over faith in Jesus, or faith in Christ, as the Bible calls it, and we're trying to go right to manifestation of change. But we have to understand that there was a spiritual change. Let me, we wrote it on Wednesday. There's a spiritual change that has taken place first that has given you access to this, these other changes we're talking about. That spiritual change that has taken place in our life is salvation. Somebody say salvation. salvation. Your old man is dead and gone. My spirit changed when I got saved. Amen. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Go there real quick. Is it getting warm in here or is it just me? It's a little toasty. <laughs> I was like, I know the anointing's present, but good Lord. <laughs> Somebody must have got the heat on. All right, uh, God saved you by his grace. When? When? John, John 6, 29 said the only work for the believer is to believe. And here we go again. God saved you when you believe. Your only work is to believe. Once you believe, you're saved. Once you believe, you're changed. Once you believe, it's done. Do you see the correlation between those two scriptures? Jesus is telling them before he even dies, he says, listen, from here to the end of time, the, the goal, the job, the work for any believer is to believe. And then here comes Paul writing to the church of Ephesus years later saying, you're saved when you believe. But not just saved by anything, you're saved by grace. You didn't earn it, you don't deserve it, but you're saved. I said, you didn't earn it, you don't deserve it, but you're saved. The first thing you got to realize is that's the first major change that has already taken place in your life. Amen? You were a no good, dirty sinner. That's who you were. And as the word says, while we were yet sinners, he sent Jesus because he loved us and we then had the opportunity to change to a saint, to someone who is saved. And when I believe that change takes place, how many of you guys have been changed in this way? I said, how many of you guys have been changed in this place? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been changed. I've been changed. I've been, I think there's a song, I, I know I've been changed. If I could sing, I would sing the mess out of that song right now. But I can't, I can't do that. Amen. Ain't my gift. Amen. But that's the first change. There's a spiritual change. I don't know if y'all can see that over here. There's a spiritual change that has affected my eternal life. My spirit is saved as a result of faith in Jesus Christ, as a result of believing in him. Part of the plus of that is I'm not going to hell. I said, you're not going to hell. Yeah, Archie, that's true. As long as I do. No, 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 no. As long as you believe in him, you're not going to hell. Remember, your behavior didn't earn you salvation. 
So how can your behavior lose you salvation? It is your belief that saved you. So what's the only thing that can have me in hell if I don't believe? That's why the devil's working overtime to get, get people to not believe God. Mm. Also, as a result of my salvation, I am the righteousness of God. That word used to trip me up big time when I was younger because I always hear about righteous, righteous, righteous. And it was so simple, it was right in front of you what it means. I'm right with God. I was wrong with God, but now because of what Jesus did, I am right with God. Those who are right with God receive all that he has. I said those who are right with God receive all that he has. Now that's a spiritual reception. I have it in the spirit, but it has yet sometimes to manifest in the natural. See, we're slowing this down and we're chopping this up because so many times we've sat in so many services and they say, you got it, you got it, you got it. And you're like, I got it. And you're like, you got it. You're like, I got it. And you're like, you got it. Like, I got it. And you walk out of here and you ain't got nothing. And you're like, where is it? What happened? Because the preacher was halfway right. You got it, but it's in the spirit. And now to see it manifest on earth is going to take not just spiritual salvation, not just this change, but now the soul has to change, or as Romans 12, 2 calls it, it's a renewing of the mind that leads you to listening to the Holy Spirit so that you can see it manifest in the natural. Somebody said, why haven't I seen the manifestation yet? Because an unrenewed mind doesn't listen to the Holy Spirit, and as a result, you got it spiritually, but you're not obeying him in the natural, so you're not running into what he set up for you. I can tell my kids, your keys to your car are under the Christmas tree. So tomorrow morning, I want you to get up, go down there, get the blue box that's about that big, and pick it up and open it up. Now, if they don't believe me, or they don't trust me, or they're not listening to me, will they get the keys to the car? But are the keys to the car there? But it requires them to believe and then obey. Their behavior didn't earn them the keys. It only takes them to where the keys are at. Your behavior doesn't earn you the blessing, but your behavior is important in order to get you to where the blessing is manifested. All this time we've been teaching that your behavior lets God make the blessing for you. No, he's blessed you because he's just good. All of this blessing simply sits on God's love. God loves me, so I have the opportunity to be saved. I have the opportunity to be renewed or changed, and I have the opportunity to see the manifestation of grace. It all rests on his love. And my performance doesn't save me. My performance doesn't change my mind. My performance is actually the third part of this, which is the result of a changed mind that comes from a changed spirit. That's where my performance comes in, presenting my body. See, we got that backwards because we read Romans 12.1, and we, it starts with present your body, and we said that's what you're supposed to do, present your body, and then you can renew your mind. No, renew your mind, and then you can present your body. I need to show you this. Uh, go, go with me to uh, Romans 12.1 and 2 real quick. It's okay if we just flow with the Holy Spirit, right? I got all these wonderful notes, but we got time. We can get to all that on another day. 
It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Present your body. And many people in the church today, we start there. And we say, present your body. You see somebody out there smoking weed, getting drunk, fornicating and adultering. They're not presenting their body. They're no good. They can't present their body because they don't even know him yet. There's been no change in their spirit. There's been no renewed mind, so that's why the body ain't being presented. And then we take that same equation and we try to apply it to us and say, well, I'm saved. How come I'm still sinning? Because your mind hadn't been changed. It's my spirit changes. Then my mind's renewed, and then I know the will of God, and I can do it. Let's keep reading. Let me show you this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. When I recognize that he saved me, when I recognize that he's changing me from the inside out, I don't want to do nothing else but to serve him. But when I don't know what he's done, when they don't know what he's done, how can they serve him? Why would they serve him? Just because you say so, you need to tell them what he's done. Uh, verse 2. Oh, sorry, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy. Then he tells you how to do what he just said. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world performance, but let God transform you. Who is responsible for changing you? God changes you here. God changes you here. Exactly, by his word. Who is his word? In the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God. As you keep reading in John, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst men. Jesus changes us. Grace, who is Jesus, saves us. As we believe in Jesus, we change. Do you hear that? Jesus, who is the word, who is grace changes us and then you have over here the word that changes you again via the Holy Spirit it says God transforms you into a new person how because here he begins to change the way you think so where does thinking take place in my mind so this is a soul change Jesus here transformed me or grace transformed me or changed me in my spirit. But now my soul changes. And how many of you guys know this is a daily process? This is an eternal process where Jesus died for once and for all. And I receive him and my spirit has changed. But this is not a once and for all process. This is where we as Christians sometimes get a little off. We think because I'm saved, I'm supposed to just act right. No, you need some work. <laughs> you are construction in progress. But the good news is, is according to the word, he who has begun a good work in you is faithful to perform it until he done. Somebody say, when are you going to act right when he done? He ain't done with me yet. And I believe and I've submitted myself to him 
And as I continue to live in the Spirit, as I continue to obey the Holy Spirit, who is only going to speak the Word of God according to what Jesus said, I will change. You got to have faith in Jesus to change here. And you got to have faith in God to change here. You got to believe that if you stick to what he's telling you to do, you stick to this word, you stick to everything he's instructing you, you have to have faith that you're going to change. Don't give up on yourself. God is not giving up on you. Amen. Don't give up because you've been trying for the last year, the last two years, the last three years, the last four years. You, you, you've knocked some things out the park, but other things you're just like, I just, I suck. <laughs> no, you're all right. I said, you're all right. This is a safe space. It's a safe place where we can come and just lay all of our issues at the altar and say, Lord, you know we did good on this in 2019, like we said, but this other thing, I'm just going to keep submitting this to you and trusting that you will help me change in my mind, in my will, in my emotions, because I want to present myself to you in my everyday living. You've changed me eternally. And you've changed, and you're working on changing my mind. And the moment revelation comes into my life in this specific area, I can begin to change what I do. You're not responsible for the change. The Word of God is what changes you. And as you stay in Him and stay in His Word, then revelation comes, and now you can do what you understand. That's why the Bible says, in all that getting, get what? But many of us try to go get understanding from other things, and then we try to live off of that. This person or that person tells you, here's what you need to do if you want to lose the weight or you want to do whatever. You go to the experts instead of to the master. I'm not, I'm not against the experts. The experts will do what they need to do, but the experts will only get you so far, it won't be a true and permanent change. The master will get on the inside of you and explain to you why you got that problem in the first place. He will fix you from the core. He will heal you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. For some of us, the practical problems that we're experiencing is because there's brokenness in our lives and you have to allow the Holy Spirit to heal you, to mend you. And once he mends you, and heal, that's what he wants to do today. He wants to heal you from the inside out and then you can apply the understanding that the experts got. Stop wasting your money. Stop wasting your time and you're not healed from the brokenness that has happened. He wants to change you. Uh, go to the uh, same uh, Romans 12, 2 in the uh, Amplified. So as my soul changes, this all goes back to living in the spirit, uh, transforming and change. This is done by God. It's his responsibility. And as we're going to see uh, in a moment, once I allow this change to take place or let this change take place, it says, then you will know that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. You got to pay attention to those words because there's a sequence to this thing. I won't know the will of God, his good, perfect, acceptable will, if there's no transformation. But not just in my spirit, it's talking about in my soul. It says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after, its, uh, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. 
but be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude. Somebody say, I got a new attitude. From your head to your shoes. I'm just playing. So that you may prove for yourselves what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When I know the will of God, I know what he wants done. Do you see that? I won't even know what he wants done until the new ideals and the new attitudes come. We can't do what he wants thinking the old way. That's a war within your mind. I'm still thinking the old way, the selfish way, the, the law way, the, the uh, self-effort way, the performance way, but then here he comes with this grace-love stuff and it doesn't match up, so what do I end up doing? I end up doing what I want to do. I have to submit my will to the word. And once I submit my will to the word, I am submitting my soul to the Holy Spirit, allowing him to change my desires, my want-tos, and as a result, I can hear God saying, this is what I want you to do. I'm talking about in everyday living. Not this, not, not this just kind of superficial, you know, thing. And saying, we got to get this into ourselves so we can also get it into our young adults and our, and our youth and our children. Teaching them how to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit when you're four, five, and six and, and up. Teaching them how to recognize his voice and follow him. He's speaking nonstop. That's not reserved for just pastors, by the way. Amen. How many saved folk I got in here? Raise your hand. Then if your hand is up, keep it up, go ahead and keep it up. If your hand is up, the Holy Spirit, the voice of God, God lives on the inside of you and he will give you everyday living instructions. He'll give you instructions before you leave today. Telling you where to go and what to do if you let him. Now, let me, let me give you a little hint, though. Listening to him can't just be all about you, though. Because remember, he operates in love, not in selfishness. Now, he'll talk to you about you. But it can't be all about just you. It's his good, perfect, acceptable, pleasing will. He most of the time going to be talking to you about loving others. And then the Holy Spirit will spend time reminding you that you are already blessed. Oh, you don't believe me? Go to John uh, 16. We've got four minutes left. Go to John 16. Uh, I think it's verse, we'll start at verse 5. John 16, 5. Uh, go back to the NLT. He'll speak to you about his will. And when you don't want to do his will, the word says he'll give you the desires to do his will. But let me show you what else the Holy Spirit will do for you about you. Jesus was talking to the disciples. He said, but now I am going where? Well, he was at that point, he was the voice. He was the instructor. He was the teacher. He was the one saying, here's what we're supposed to do. Here's where we're supposed to go. Here's how we live. He was God on earth leading the way. Now, he made it clear that he's only saying what the Holy Spirit's telling him to say, which comes from the Father. 
So he said, listen, God is talking to the Holy Spirit who was on the inside of me, because remember the Holy Spirit, I mean, who was uh, on him, because remember the Holy Spirit came on him when he got baptized. And that's when he began to teach and preach and do miracles and all of that. And he's saying, listen, now I'm about to go away. So wait, you're the one with the Holy Spirit. You're the one with the word. You're the one with the truth. You're the one with the answers. If you go, what we gonna do? Who are we gonna follow? He says, but now I am going away to the one who sent me and not one of you is asking, where am I going? Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. Well, I mean, in the natural, you can kind of see why they were a little upset. I mean, one, it was their friend. Then it was their teacher. It was, the, it was their pastor, basically, and their instructor, but it was their God. But then also, it was like, I'm not gonna know what to do tomorrow when you go. So instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But, in fact, it is best for you that I go away. How? That, that sounds like the opposite. It's like God, it sounds like God said, I'm leaving you, like physically. He said, because if I don't, the advocate, oh, won't come. Talking about the Holy Spirit. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. The same Holy Spirit I got, he's saying, when I go, I'm going to give him to you, but now it won't just be one guy on earth, it'll be all of you will have what I have. Did you see that? All of you will have power. All of you will have godly wisdom. All of you will have understanding. All of you will have the ability to spread this gospel and this love. And all of you will have the ability to be as confident as I am in God. He said, then I will send him to you, verse 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Now, many people have read that and read, he will convict the world of sin. He'll tell you how much you suck at what you're doing. Well, that doesn't sound too exciting and too loving, does it? But then you got to keep reading so you can read word in context. Somebody say context. That means read the whole thing so you'll see the story of what he's saying. So he's saying he's going to do three things. Convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness. Number two, convict the world of God's righteousness and convict the world of coming judgment. So he's going to tell the world the truth about those three things. Let's keep reading and see what the truth is. Now this is the Holy Spirit's job. Number one, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Makes sense, because in verse 6, he just said, the only work you're supposed to be doing is believing. And then we saw in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, that if I'm going to be saved, i got to believe. Nowhere in that scripture does it say he's convicting the world because it's doing wrong. He said, I'm convicted. The Holy Spirit is here to convict the world because it's believing wrong. God is not beating you up because you made a mistake. That's the devil trying to convince you that he's God. God instead is telling you your sin issue has been taken care of if you believe in Jesus. He said the Holy Spirit is reminding you that, hey, you're saved if you believe. Verse 10. Then about righteousness, the number two issue, What's righteousness? Righteousness is being what? 
in right standing with God or right with God. He said about righteousness, the Holy Spirit will be convicting, or one translation says convincing you that righteousness is available. Righteousness is available. The Holy Spirit's telling you what was no longer available because of the law is now available because Jesus died. Before you were disconnected from God, now you're connected. This is all good news. The Holy Spirit is constantly in your ear telling you good news. Sin is no longer an issue because you're a believer. You're the righteousness of God. You're right with him. This, this is two amazing statements that Jesus is making saying, when I go to the Father, the Holy Spirit is going to be in you and telling you this good news. He says, and you will see me no more. Verse 11, the third thing. Now this one just gets me to jumping on the inside. He said, the third thing the Holy Spirit is going to be telling you as he's talking to you and reminding you is that judgment will come because the ruler of this world, the ruler of this world has already been judged. Go to the Amplified in that version. Let me show you what that's really saying. Because I want you to see it in my plain English. It says about judgment. Now here, a lot of Christians think God is judging them every time they make a mistake. Judgment has already been passed on Jesus for your sins, so there is only one person left to be judged, and it ain't you. Your judgment has already been put on the back of Jesus. So when the enemy is coming up to you telling you, you know you broke because you did this, that's judgment. You know you're sick because you did that, that's judgment. The judgment concerning your actions are acquittal. The judgment concerning your actions are not guilty. I know it's not fair. That's why they call it grace. And that, that, that's enough to make me say, Lord, let me, let me cut this out. Let me, let me help, help me, please, Holy Spirit. Help me put the drugs down. Help me put the lying down. Help me put the adultery down. Help me put the fornication down. Help me change the way I think because... It's just not right for me to continue to say I love you, I believe you, I want to I, I accept who you are, and I, I'm staying the same. I want to change because you've given me the ability to change, but I want to change because I can change. Why? Because I love your love. I'm not trying to change to get what you already gave me. I want to change because I love you. Because you love me. Because you're not judging me for what I've done wrong because you've already judged Jesus and that applies to me. Who is he judging? About judgment because the ruler, the evil genius prince, that ain't you. I know you think you're smart, but that ain't you. You're not the evil genius prince of this world. It tells you who it is in brackets. Who is that? The only person left to be judged in this world is Satan. And he says he is judged and condemned and sentence already is passed upon him. 
Your sentence is already passed upon you, and Jesus took that sentence. Your sentence is freedom. His sentence is forever condemnation, damnation, under your foot. He's defeated. That's what he's been sentenced to is a life of defeat forever. He lost. He's not losing. There's no battle between God and Satan. He don't even match up. He is a pre-defeated foe. There's a battle or there was a battle going on between the Texans and the Jaguars, but there is no battle between you and the devil. He's defeated. The game was called before it started, and you got to understand that you are not fighting the devil. No, you're fighting unbelief in yourself. You're wrestling with yourself, and it's time that you stop fighting with yourself and receive who God has made you. Receive your spiritual change. Receive that soul change and make a decision that I believe in God's love for me. It may be too good for you to understand, but that doesn't make it any less true. He loves you, and the enemy has already been defeated. He's locked up. He has no authority. Quit taking collect calls from the devil. You're paying the price for listening to what he says. You're putting money on his books every time you believe what he says. He can't afford to call you. Here's a collect call from Satan. I'll take it because I feel bad today. <laughs> and you're getting a bill every time. You're getting a bill of unbelief every time. Like, oh, how did this happen in my life? Because you keep taking calls from Satan. He can't visit you. I think Satan visited my room last night. He can't visit you. He can't touch you. All he can do is call you. And you making a choice to answer the call. But a believer who is trusting God, a believer who is listening to the Holy Spirit and living in the Spirit, I'm too busy to take those calls. I'm trusting in God. I'm following Him. And as I am allowing that soul change to take place or renewing of the mind to take place, now I will know and understand what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? And as I know it, because I love him and I believe him, now I'm going to do it. You want to be changed? Let God change you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. Amen. Amen. Don't forget these messages, uh, they have them after service. Some of you guys have been asking, hey, can I get a copy of that message? And I forget to tell you all half the time because I'd be so excited up here that they got them out at the uh, desk. There's a lot of revelation we're covering. Um, you can uh, watch them on YouTube. Uh, we put them out there uh, so you can just kind of really dive into this and really rightly divide everything that's been said. Uh, I I'm telling you, guys, we're going somewhere. This is, this is all, I, I wanted to preach to you guys these fiery topical message, and God's been like, nope, I want them to learn the basics. This stuff is the basics. I know it's revelation, but it's, it's actually the basics. All we just talked about is being saved and changing our minds. We just talked about the role of the Holy Spirit. But when you see these things with your grace eyes on, it totally revolutionizes what you understood before. And this is imperative for where we're headed. Y'all know we're going somewhere, right? Yeah. And I ain't just talking about spiritually, I'm talking about naturally. Yeah. 
So, so I'm enjoying this time as your pastor, just walking you through the word, and we're going to be excited to see uh, where we end up in him. But I want to leave you with this. All is well in your body. All is well in your finances. All is well in your relationships. All is well on the job. All is well in your mind. I declare you are in your right mind, which is the mind of Christ. All is well with your children. All is well with the call of God on your life. I declare peace. Both types, the one that is you resting and your assurance in what Christ has done for you, and then peace where there's nothing missing like and broken because of how you're resting. I declare peace right now. Peace. 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 Now then you say, well, what is my job? What we just read. Believe. Believe that Jesus has provided what I'm saying out of my mouth. All I'm doing is declaring by the authority that's on the inside of me, by the way, which is also in you. I'm just declaring and admitting and confessing what the word says already about you. I am declaring and using my God-given ability to create on earth what's already done in heaven. And I believe with everything that's within me, I believe this stuff is done in the natural because of his blood, because of his work. I declare all well. Father, we receive this today because of you. We accept your love. We accept your forgiveness. We accept your change of status in our lives. We accept the position that you've placed us in as your sons and daughters, as rulers. We accept that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And we accept that the devil is under our feet. And we declare that throughout this week, we will hear your voice as your sheep and we'll follow and we'll obey because we love you, God. And we receive all of this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Now, if you, if you are believing that what I just said applies to healing in your body, stand to your feet right where you're at. And the person next to you is just going to put their hand on your shoulder, whatever like that. And we're going to stand in specific agreement with you that you're healed. That you're healed. The Bible talks about where two or three are gathered, he's in the midst of us. And as we come together as, as touching and agreeing, we can have whatever we say. Now, we've seen Jesus send a word of healing. We've seen people come up and physically touch him and be healed. None of those people were saved. You got a covenant right. Sickness, disease is illegal to even be in your body. So all we're doing is declaring your legal right. 
that you are healed, that you are whole. Can you touch them for me real quick? That you are healed, that you are whole. I got a sister in the back. Can somebody join her right there? That you are healed, that you are whole. I got to do this the way God says to do it. That you are healed, that you are whole. I got a couple over here. Can somebody stand with them in agreement? That you are healed, that you are whole. If you see anybody around you without somebody with them, I want you to stand in agreement with them. Now, Father God, we declare and decree that this dis-ease is rebuked in the name of Jesus. We declare that every cell in their body supernaturally lines up with the way that you have designed it to. We stand in agreement with every prayer that they've already prayed. And we stand in agreement right now, in the name of Jesus, right now, that it's changing. It's changing. It's changing. It's changing. We believe we receive it done. And we thank you for it. We thank you for it. God is saying, now let every other word that come out of your mouth, let every word that comes out of your mouth from this day forward, let it be thanksgiving. Let it be thanksgiving. Let it be thanksgiving. Let it be thanksgiving. Why? Because you're now exercising your faith. You're exercising your faith. You're moving in line with your mouth with the word of God. You believe it. You receive it. It's done. Some of you just need to say that. I believe it. I receive it. It's done. I believe it. I receive it. It's done. I believe it. I receive it. It's done. And you just continue to let that be your declaration of faith. Because I'm here to tell you, it's already finished. Death has no dominion in your household. You stop thinking that way. You stop thinking that way. You stop buying into that. You stop thinking that way. You're healed. You're whole. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. Well, guys, I love you so much. Pastor Melissa and I appreciate you. We love you. As I say every week, it's such an honor to pastor you and to be here uh, with you every week. We look forward to seeing you guys Wednesday night. I'm going to go in the back and see what these Texans don't did. And um, we'll come out and we'll spend some time with you guys at the end of the service. We love y'all. Amen. Thank God for that awesome word. Anyone receive it today? Praise God. Praise God. Just receive the word of God. And please, I just want to encourage each and every one of us to avail ourselves of the materials. You know, it's one thing for you to hear the word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing is a continuous tense by the word of God. So during the week, don't just hear this word. This was an awesome message that Pastor Archie preached. Just like Pastor Archie said, you can, you know, get it on YouTube, get the messages, and just keep listening to it. Praise God. Um, right now, we're going to take our offering in tight. And, um, woo! Man. Yes, yes. That is the correct response to that. Praise God. You know, um, honestly, the Bible says, who sows bountifully, reap bountifully. And, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. I quickly want to just share this um, scripture with you in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. It says, um, first of all, um, verse 6 says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap 
also spirally, and he who soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Whatever God has purpose in your heart, whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to give today, just so, just be obedient to the Word. You know, be obedient to the Spirit of God too. And do it cheerfully. Do it with gladness in your heart. Because all that we give, we give, all that we have, He has given to us. And we're just giving back to Him what He has given to us. Praise God. If you are ready to sow, um, you can sow via text message or you can sow um, through the offering envelope. Um, we're going to pray over the offering right now and the tie. Father Lord, we just thank you, O oh God, for this gift that you've given to us. We know, God, that you give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. We thank you, Lord, that even as we sow this seed, it's coming back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So when men give unto our bosom, and with the same measure we've measured out, it shall be measured back to us. So we thank you, Lord, that you are making all grace abound towards us. That we have an all sufficiency for all things. We'll have an abundance unto every good work that you have given to us to do. And we thank you, Lord, that it's sown in good ground in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, like we said earlier, that you know, you've heard this word that was sown in our heart today. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, if you haven't received Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, this is a time, this is the hour. The Bible says, now. Now is the time of salvation. Today is a day of salvation. Harden not your heart. Because everything is futile, comparing it to God. You know, just be obedient and listen to the Holy Spirit as He's talking to you right now. To just reconcile yourself back to God by believing in the Lord Jesus. So if God is speaking to you today to receive this grace, we encourage you to come out. This is not to embarrass you. To just come out and receive the Lord Jesus into your heart and second thing I want to extend to you is the baptism of the Holy Ghost if you haven't received this baptism of the Holy Ghost with one of the evidences speaking in tongues this is a time to receive it this is a grace gift you don't earn it you don't work for it it's a grace gift if you want to receive this grace gift which is actually to our own benefit you can come out at this moment also and lastly if God is speaking to you that this is the brook where you're supposed to feed from this is a place where you need to hear and sit under the word preached by our pastors i'm going to encourage you to come out too those three things if you want to get saved if you want to receive the baptism of the holy ghost and lastly if you want to join this church you can come out at this time praise god and if we can all just stand up and just minister to the person next to you to your right and to your left Let's make it a point of just evangelizing this word right now. Praise God. dismissed father we just thank you for this day thank you for your word that have been sown on good ground 
We thank you, Lord, that even as we set out into this week, we speak your blessing into our week right now. We speak your favor. We thank you, Lord, that your favor has gone ahead of us to make every crooked way straight. And we thank you, Lord, that we're spirit-led beings, oh God. And we're working, we're walking every day according to the leading of us, your, your spirit that is walking in us. And we thank you, Lord, that you're working in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. And we give you all the glory for this, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. We're dismissed. Have a blessed week.